couple days ago, season one of Ahsoka wrapped up, so today I'm going to be giving you guys my spoiler-filled review of season one. Hey everyone, welcome back to Movie Morning, season one of Ahsoka, or limited series Ahsoka, I don't really know yet, and that's of course the all from the room of me calling this season one, has now wrapped up on Disney+, Plus, and I of course reviewed the first two episodes of this season when they released a month and a half ago, and since then I've been waiting for the show to wrap up to talk about my whole thought, my all my thoughts on the season. But I was one of those people who did really enjoy the way this show started and was really hoping this wasn't going to go the direction of most Star Wars shows from the Favreau and Filoni side of the universe lately and be a huge disappointment or just go off the rails like Disney Plus shows at this point are kind of just known to do. And that's what I'm going to be talking about in this is did Ahsoka live up what I wanted this show to be or is it yet another nail in the coffin of this side of the of Star Wars on Disney Plus but just recently with Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan, Mandalorian season three and even if you're gonna count Bad Batch because Dave Filoni worked on that stuff that just hasn't been very good visions which was super underwhelming both seasons we've had and I was really hoping this wasn't going to be that. From the first two episodes, I had a lot of hope going into the rest of the season. I'm going to be giving you my thoughts with this. Now, this will be a spoiler review. So if you haven't seen the season yet, I don't recommend seeing this. I, if you want to know my thoughts, skip to the end for my final thoughts. And I'll give a quick recommendation without giving spoilers in that one section. But for the rest of this review, I will be discussing plot points that happen in the season. While not necessarily doing a breakdown or play-by-play or anything like that. So with that said, let's get into it. And one thing that I guess I should address right before we start is that I am a fan of Rebels and Clone Wars. I think Rebels in particular did a really great job of building a set of characters and a crew that I grew really attached to and having a very serialized form of storytelling for four seasons and having really great payoff in the final season. Clone Wars, I do think, is a little overrated in the Star Wars community in the sense that I said this in my review of episodes one and two, and a couple people were not very happy with me for saying this. When people say they love Clone Wars, they really only mean they love like 25% of it, and that is like the really lore-heavy episodes involving the Mortis gods or tying in Anakin's future, you know, tragedy and him becoming Darth Vader, or having stuff going on in Mandalore with, you know, everything Obi-Wan and whatever you want to do, Satine and all that, but that's really only like 20% of the show, and the other 80% or 70%, maybe I'm being a little mean, is just a bunch of filler that just feels like it's there to just fluff out and just punch up the length of the season, and I always found that so frustrating, even when I watched the show when I was like six years old, or at least some seasons from it, and that's always been my issue with that show, but I do think Dave Filoni at his best is he's, that he's telling some of the greatest Star Wars stories we've had. And when Clone Wars was good, it was fantastic. And when Clone Wars was good, and that those moments are easily the best stuff we've ever had in Star Wars on TV. However, some of the worst stuff we've ever had is also from Clone Wars. One of those being, of course, the infamous and absolutely terrible film that released in theaters. But getting into Ahsoka now, one of the things I really liked about this season in live action is that it felt like classic, fun Star Wars and just a return to what Star Wars always was known to be and not really trying to do anything new, but very much playing into the usual tropes. We have a light side and dark side. There's some stuff that, of course, doesn't fully fit into that, and I'll definitely talk about that later and why they really work. 
we've got lightsabers, we've got dogfights, we've got space battles, blasters, we've got Jedis and apprentices, and then Mandalorians are also involved in a lot of traveling between locations, some places we've never seen but definitely feel in the universe. Very simple plot MacGuffins, like just maps and just to get just to go somewhere else, or planets that hold a key to something. There's just a lot of very Star Wars-y things in this show. And I just liked being in the galaxy far, far away for these stories that were being told in Ahsoka. And I think it definitely feels like it is Star Wars. And I think that compared to, for example, Book of Boba Fett, I thought that was actually very satisfying. And a lot of these shows don't necessarily focus on Jedi and Sith and, you know, the Empire. And I feel like this one really went into that. I also think this show was a great continuation of Rebels while also being a really great setup for other things that happen in the universe around the same time. Each of the Rebels crew and where they're at compared to Rebels, I thought was very satisfying. I liked that Ahsoka, I liked that Ahsoka or I guess isn't a Rebels crew member, but now she's kind of a lone warrior. And her arc in this show, which I'll talk about a bit later, is becoming more like what Ahsoka used to be and being a lot more, having that, you know, like sarcastic tone and kind of the snarkiness she has but she's very wooden at the beginning i do think that was definitely a very obvious choice looking back i like how ezra with how he's advanced i'll talk about him a bit more later as well i love how sabine is also kind of closed off because even though she was the hero one of the biggest heroes who saved lethal she feels like she failed because she wasn't able to she hasn't been able to keep a promise she made to one of her closest friends Hera is now a mother, but she's also a general in the New Republic. It's definitely a very, you know, good feeling, a very right way to continue those characters, in my opinion. And some of these characters being translated into live action genuinely worked great. And the biggest one for me was actually Ezra Bridger, played by Iman Fondi, who doesn't show up until episode 6 and doesn't really get a big role until episode 7 and 8. And I genuinely thought his performance as a character was fantastic. It didn't really feel like he was doing a impression of Ezra Bridger from the animated, but he genuinely felt like he became that character. And I love where they took the character. That now he's spent, what, like a decade on his own in this distant galaxy, far away from the main galaxy. But instead of being over-consumed by the darkness that was teased with him when Maul came in at Rebels or when Palpatine in the C-series finale was trying to pull him in, he's gotten over all of that. And now he's kind of grown a lot wiser, even though he's only like 20 or 30 years old. And I love the way they did him. I also really liked Lars Mikkelsen in, as Thrawn in live action. I will admit I was a little worried when we heard that Lars Mikkelsen would, would also be playing Thrawn in live action like he voiced him on Rebels because I feel like usually it doesn't go great when you try to bring in the same character actor because I feel like characters do need to be changed in between mediums. But I think Lars Mikkelsen not only looks great as Thrawn, although I thought it did look a little silly initially. I did get into the look. The voice was still there. I think they controlled its exaggeration a little more. And I feel like he did such a great job of making such a point of every one of Thrawn's movements and mannerisms. Like, he did such a great job of just whenever you can see that Thrawn's actually happy, something's going well. He's not obviously smiling or anything, but you can definitely tell. And I think he did such a great job with that. But by far the most interesting character from just a surface level standpoint from when we first see him is Balin Skull, played by the late great Ray Stevenson, rest in peace. But his character is easily the character who earlier on in the show had me the most invested, particularly by the time we got to episodes three and four. Ray Stevenson's performance 
was absolutely outstanding because he was able to convey so much conflict within the character and so much directions the character was being pulled in within just very within lines that were just so significant. And I don't think they closed out his story or set it up for future things right, and I'll talk about that a bit later, but the performance is easily one of the best we've ever had for any villain in Star Wars. And I would argue that had they nailed the character's story, he would be one of the top three greatest villains we've ever had in Star Wars because his performance was just that good. But I don't think they fully nailed that, and I will get into that a little later. And I also really like the way they showed his you know, relationship with his apprentice, Shin. I also really liked Ahsoka's arc. I think it was very obvious what they were doing with her based off the opening episodes and just how stiff Rosario Dawson's performance was. But I do think as the show went on and the way they kind of used Anakin and his him having to teach his final lesson and finishing Ahsoka's training to make her more like Ahsoka used to be and let go of her, you know, and try to just break down those walls she's put in front of herself, but also just on her personality. I like the way they did that. And I don't know if it fully worked in the performance and I'll also talk about that a bit later but I think the idea for the arc worked really well and I do think a lot that along with the story progression throughout like I would say the first six episodes of the season I thought it was moving at a nice pace not the episodes themselves but just the way the story was moving when we had Ahsoka and the way the show was set up with we being we um you know we introduced a lot of these characters that we love so much and then as we go on, having more and more of them in the story, slowly transitioning to the other galaxies we had to the planet and before we used Peridia and all that. I think all that and the way it was built up before we head to the other galaxy, I thought worked very well in episodes one to six. I do think they ended up spending a little bit too much time outside of the main Star Wars galaxy within like the final two and a half episodes of the show, maybe even three episodes. But I do think before that, I thought the story progression was very strong. And this does solidify that Dave Filoni very much knows his Star Wars lore and is very good at infusing a lot of things from other shows into his stuff. He is really good at bringing in really lore that's not very popular and all stuff from the EU or even the Disney era comics, books and all that side of Star Wars and putting it into the mainstream, like whether that's the Mortis Gods from Clone Wars bringing uh, Peridia in from the EU and bringing Thrawn in, of course, like he did in Rebels, bringing Hu Yang back, also from Clone Wars, who's great, by the way. I love David Tennant as him. And I really like how Dave Filoni very much leans into the fantasy side of Star Wars through everything he does here. And he's very much an ideas person, an ideas creative. And I feel like when Dave Filoni is given the task of bringing in Star Wars lore and just coming up with new ideas of how to explore this universe in new ways... He's really good at it, even if he's not great at actually building out these stories to go around all that. But the superstar of this season might have been Kevin Kiner's score, who did the opening for Rebels and Clone Wars. Dave Filoni brought him here to score the entirety of season one, and he absolutely knocks it out of the park. Like he, His music works so well in live action as it did in animation, and it is so, it's such a great Star Wars score, and it's another memorable one we've had without John Williams, I think more and more there really is starting to be a very bright future with the people they're bringing to composes, whether that's Ludwig Gornson or John Powell with Solo, which I absolutely love that score, or with Kevin Kiner with this season. One thing that I did want to address that I don't think was great was how they segmented their audience because of who out of their audience had actually seen what. 
And I think the issue with the show right off the bat was that anyone who's not familiar with Rebels and Clone Wars and has never seen that sh- those shows, I, I 100% believe would be absolutely lost watching this show because there are so many characters you're being introduced to, like Sabine, Hera, Chopper. We had Zeb and Mandalorian Season 3 for about two seconds, which just need to ask, where was he in this show? I honestly have no idea. And all of them. And as a fan, I was satisfied with the season we got. Again, there's tons of stuff I really like about the season that I just listed off for you wonderful folks. But I will say, for, the, for anyone who hasn't seen Rebels or Clone Wars, I just can't really recommend this show based on the fact that so much of that, of my enjoyment, comes from the fact that I already like these characters. And I like a lot of the journeys they've been taking them on and already know a lot of the lore. And, you know, when they're going into the world between worlds, I know where that is. I know what that is because I've seen that very memorable episode of Rebels. But for those of you who haven't, I don't think you'd 100% get what was going on, wouldn't have the emotional connection to these characters like I hoped you would. And I don't think Dave Filoni does a great job from a writing standpoint of reintroducing you to these characters and making you love them again. I feel like a lot of what I like about this show is based on the fact that I already like these characters. And this show doesn't have to do a lot of work to make me like them once again. Now moving on to my negatives, this show is not perfect, it has tons of problems, and the first one of those being, once again, that for a Star Wars show, the production feels so cheap. For the scale of score storytelling, what they're trying to do, and going into different galaxies and planets, and having these space battles, everything feels so cheap and empty. The usage of the volume, stagecraft, whatever you want to call it, is really getting on my nerves with these shows, and it's becoming extremely frustrating. If they end up using this for this movie they're bringing into live action, I think people are going to really jump off the way these shows look. Because I remember when The Mandalorian came out, the look of it kind of blew our minds. It just looked like so much better than what we'd expect from television. But I think the more we've gone on, other than Desert Planets, the issue with the way they shoot these shows has really become more and more apparent. And once again... A lot of the locations feel so bland and incomplete and just boring. The sets are extremely weak. The camera work is extremely bland. The blocking and the staging is just boring. There isn't really much to it that's interesting. Some of the costume work, I think, was pretty all over the place. Some of it looked great and some of it felt kind of like cosplay, which is what I felt when I was watching the trailers. But I think by the time we got into the show, it wasn't quite as bad. A lot of the locations, again, look very empty. And when we're traveling all the way to another galaxy, to Peridia, it just looks really boring. And there is just no difference in between the way the planet looks. There's no stylistic choices that are all that interesting. It just kind of looks like yet another grass planet. And God knows we've had just way too many of those in Star Wars. And going right along with that, I thought the directing on this show was also pretty weak. The writing, I think, was serviceable enough. But it was the way they actually translate a lot of this stuff that was just very underwhelming for Star Wars, like a lot of these shows like Mandalorian. Again, the Dave Filoni, as much as I think he's a very good creative and he has tons of great ideas and he should be in the writer's rooms for whatever they do with Star Wars in the future, I don't think he should be the one on the front lines actually putting these things together. And I really hope they end up making the decision to find another much more seasoned director like John Favreau himself to helm the Heir to the Empire, Star Wars, Mandoverse movie that they're planning on doing. Because there's just... not He's not the only director. He only directs two of these episodes. But I really don't think that doing just one cool shot of Darth Vader and Anakin flashing back and forth as he 
he's walking off, which by the way, that shot was awesome. It's one of my favorite shots we've ever had in Star Wars on TV. That one shot alone does not mean Dave Filoni should be helming an entire Star Wars movie. And I just think that he isn't at the point yet with his live action directing where he should be going this ambitious. And it felt like Dave Filoni skipped a major step most younger directors have to do where they have to dip their toes into their own stuff first, make shorter films. Dave Filoni kind of just goes, went neck deep into this live action directing. And I don't think he's ever had the chance to really develop his ability to to, to do a lot of the stuff he does great in animation and live action. I feel like he's just been given way too many opportunities without giving any new opportunities to grow. And I don't feel like he'll be able to learn a lot if he's sitting here just directing live action Star Wars. But that's just me. I'm not a filmmaker. That's really how I interpret why they've been giving him so much. Some scenes, and this goes for all the directors on this show, feel like they go on for too long. There's too many moments of characters just crossing their arms. Like the amount of times Ahsoka crosses her arms in the season is absolutely hilarious and if once you start noticing it it becomes really funny but it just felt like again it felt like the way the scenes were paced it kind of felt like a first-time director trying to create something with a lot of gravitas without exactly knowing how to pull it off now I'm not a director myself but again that's how it felt like to me as a fan of this and someone who was really interested in filmmaking say and also when it comes to the member berries and the fan service, this show did get a little over the top with them, particularly in episode 5, which I know a lot of people were loving. They were proclaiming, proclaiming as one of the greatest episodes of Star Wars ever. I still contend that there wasn't really much reason for an entire episode of just Clone Wars flashbacks. Or I know there were only like four of them, but they just, again, the way they were shot were so underwhelming that I just could not be satisfied as a fan of getting that. It was cool seeing Anakin... And I did like the way Hayden Christensen was used in this season. And I like the idea of Anakin's final lesson being used to, you know, progress Ahsoka. And I do think that aspect of it worked. But the, le- the, the whole final lesson being learned felt so rushed. And again, it just felt like an excuse to have Anakin without much thematic purpose there. And I do think on a writing level, it could have been so much more profound and interesting on a character level than it was. Because Dave Filoni felt the need to shove in Captain Rex and show Hayden Christensen in that classic outfit and whatever he wanted to do. When I feel like there was something on an emotional level there that was really missing. I saw a lot of people saying, I got so emotional, I teared up during that episode. I just don't understand that perspective. Because I felt like it was so focused on just showing you cool stuff that it missed the whole point of having the Anakin back. And I do think that was actually warranted. And I just, again, I didn't like the way it looked as well. And I thought, again, that's a big issue with this show. And I just feel like there were too many projects that Dave Filoni had previously worked on that were being tied back into Ahsoka that he just felt the need to just do way too many callbacks throughout this season. Another really weird issue I have with the show is that the chemistry between the actors was very lacking. And I don't know if this was an issue because the actors weren't getting along, probably not because they're doing tons of other stuff after this. Or just the directing being weak, which might be. But I felt like the chemistry and the relationship between Ahsoka and Sabine in particular was very stiff. It almost felt like these were two actors who weren't 100% comfortable with working together and just very much had a rapport. I, again, part of that is just because the characters are very stiff and wooden on their own. But I did still feel like they felt very emotionally distant, not only from each other, but also from the audience. And Rosario Dawson in particular, I love her as an actress. She's great. Love her on Daredevil, for example. 
and Luke Cage and everything, the Defenders, whatever she appears in that universe, and the tons of other stuff she's done. And I liked her as Ahsoka on Mandalorian Season 2. But one thing I noticed right off the bat was that, again, her portrayal of Ahsoka felt a lot more wooden than it should have been, given the character from Clone Wars and Rebels. And as much as they transitioned to having a more lighter Ahsoka and more hopeful and optimistic Ahsoka by the end, I still felt like the performance came off like a perform performance rather than Rosario Dawson becoming a character. And I do think that is a sign of a performance that isn't quite there, but also means the directing probably wasn't quite there. And Ahsoka being Dave Filoni's brainchild when it comes to Star Wars and being the thing that he will be, rem being the character he'll be remembered for forever, I was surprised they didn't try to nail that as much as they could. And I do think going forward, Rosario Dawson needs to change the way she portrays the character a little bit. Because the, when she's interacting with other characters, like there's just something missing in those interactions. And there's definitely also some big logic issues here and there. But I think I want to end this off talking about the ending, which I thought was pretty unsatisfying. Now, the finale itself, I did enjoy. I know a lot of people had issues with the way they closed out the story. I think it was, not closed out the story, but just the way the finale was paced and the events. I think all that was fine. But I felt the ending was almost a little too open-ended. Now, I'm someone who doesn't really like when you have a season that doesn't end properly. Once we've watched hours of TV, I feel like you need to find a satisfying resolution, even if you want to set stuff up for, for future episodes and storylines. And I don't feel like this show 100% got that. I think it was just too open-ended. Balin, in particular, was absolutely wasted in the back half of the season again. And I feel like a top three potential Star Wars villain or like a character who had that much potential, felt underused by the end. And Ahsoka and Sabine getting trapped feels like it's going to create yet another corner in terms of storytelling they're going to have to get out of. And I really hope it's not a thing where they take another whole season, season two, to get them out before the Heir to the Empire movie, because as it is, there's just too much being set up for one movie to close out this Mandalorian universe with Thrawn. And there's definitely also some disappointing payoffs in the final few episodes where we completely skip over the conversation about Sabine having to explain to Ezra why, you know, what he did to save the galaxy isn't happening, what she decided to do to be selfish and save her friend. Like, all those conversations just felt like they were missing. And I just thought, considering the length of these episodes and just how slow the show is already, there's so much other stuff they could have taken out and to have a lot of these payoffs that I feel like we're missing. And the biggest one for me being the main villains of Balin being wasted and even Thrawn himself. As much as I liked Lars Mikkelsen in the role, the writing for the character wasn't very smart. I feel like he was just being dumb. And he even has this whole thing that I really liked where he doesn't want to underestimate Jedi, but then he proceeds to only send two TIE Fighters to go after Sabine, Ahsoka, and Ezra, which are three, two fully formed Jedis and one Jedi, and you only send two TIE Fighters. Like, this reminds me of that scene in Book of Boba Fett where they were planning the attack from the Pikes, and then they have two Gamorrean guards who get killed in, like, ten seconds in Return of the Jedi, just standing in the middle of nowhere waiting for people to come in. Like, they could be attacked from any position, and they would be thrown off. And I just think... I don't know if it's a budgetary thing where they couldn't have shown more TIE fighters. But again, it just felt very underwhelming considering the scale of storytelling we're doing. 
But overall, look, as a whole, I did really enjoy this show. Again, I did went on a big rant there about all my issues with what they've been doing with Star Wars and a lot of the carrying over stuff in this show. But I think still, I love the classic return to form Star Wars feeling of this show. I like the way they took a lot of these characters. Balin, played by Ray Stevenson, was the highlight of the show. There's tons of great Star Wars lore and fantasy put into this. I think Dave Filoni is great at that. But what he's not so great at is the actual directing and storytelling and writing of what what is actually happening to go around all that really cool surface level star wars stuff that i enjoy and along with that i do think again on production standpoint this show is still these shows are still pretty weak and i do wish the resolution felt more complete i'm gonna give ahsoka a b and i do think if you're a fan of star wars and you're listening to only this section for a recommendation I do think this show is worth giving a shot, but only if you've already seen Rebels and Clone Wars, which I think is really frustrating because we do have a very enjoyable Star Wars show on our hands. But unfortunately, a lot of people aren't going to be able to enjoy it as much as I did because I already like a lot of these characters like Ahsoka and Sabine. But, and, but I will say again, if you're a fan of Star Wars and you've been very burned by Mandalorian Season 3 and Obi-Wan and Boba Fett, I promise you this show is much better than that. And I did have a good time watching this. And if they want to do a season two, I'm fully on board. Even if some of the directions they're taking, the future of a lot of these characters, I'm not 100% sold on yet. So thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.